Live from beautiful downtown Dixon in the historic Reagan's Arcade. Welcome to the Jeff Eby Show, where the talk is all about Dixon County. We are guest focused and listener supported. Like us on Facebook and subscribe on YouTube at the Jeff Eby Show. Now, here is your host, Jeff Eby. Hey, we really appreciate you joining us today. We're really excited about our guest today. But if you would do me a favor, please like and share this video right now. And if you're on YouTube, please give me the thumbs up and uh, subscribe to that channel because uh, the more people that have this information, the more that we can get out to our audience and they can see kind of what we're doing. And again, our show is all about Dixon County, so we have guests from Dixon County. And, and uh, so just continue to do that for me. I'd appreciate it. I'm your host, Jeff Eby, and today we have the, the campus pastor, from uh, Cross Point, James Savage, and I really appreciate you coming. I know you're kind of busy Honored in the season here. right now, you know, with with the holidays coming up. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the church and everything. So well, that's good stuff. Yeah, and this is good too. Yeah, so uh, we wanted to start. Just kind of give us a background so people can kind of get familiar with where you're from and and all that kind of stuff. So just give us a little background about yourself. Yeah, I was born and raised outside of. Atlanta, uh, in Georgia. I met my wife, Lindsay, uh, I believe we, we met in sixth grade and we started oh, dating wow. in eighth grade. Wow. Um, not knowing that we were meeting our spouse. Like it's right. funny for me to now look back and realize, oh, my first date with my wife was when her mom drove us to the mall wow. to, um, to get milkshakes. So, uh, we dated, uh, through middle school and high school. Uh, we went to separate schools in South Georgia for the first two years, but both wound up at Valdosta State and um, stayed the year, stayed down there for an extra year to do college ministry, and then I went to a seminary at Candler School of Theology, which is part of Emory. And after that, there's a whole other story about the journey for us to have our first child, Joanna. She's almost three um, and a ball of energy. Um, she, whatever she feels, she feels it the most. 90% of the time, she's very happy, which is right. great. But if she's ever upset, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we have an almost three-month-old son now uh, named Cooper Jack. And um, he, so far, is far more relaxed than, his, than what his older sister was. Well, give him a couple more years. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if that <laughs> continues to play out. Right. So uh, we had uh, Joanna in Georgia. And uh, we were I was, I was in a denomination. I was in this process of ordination in that denomination. It's like an eight- to ten-year process, right. which is... Kind of the norm in there. It's a very, it's very rigorous. Where you go from high school to to well, high school to college and college to seminary, and then you have residency programs and boards. Um, and I was, I was working my way through it, but I was kind of felt on some level, kind of feeling like a, a fish swimming upstream. Right. Um, and Lindsay and I kind of got to a crossroads in our life where we had to kind of really decide what is it that we're that we want to do. And we made the mistake of praying about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you want your life to stay the same, then Don't maybe pray. you should pray. Right. Um, I know. I say that facetiously. But in that season of really discerning, what's the long term here? Because we loved the churches that we were in, but we're kind of struggling to see the vision long term. Like decades from now, are we really pushing forward with what the, what the calendar had, had in, in front of us? Sure. And I remember, I don't often say sentences like this because um, I really want to hold on to how precious these moments are, but this was true that there was a moment where I felt like Jesus gave us a 
question to ask in prayer and I immediately knew the answer and it was a pretty scary answer. And I felt like that question was in all of this time that we've been uh, pursuing ministry and doing this ordination track out of all these things, I felt like the question was, James, have you been listening to my spirit, th- spirit through prayer or have you been listening to the calendar? Right. And I hated that. I knew that the answer was Lindsay and I had been praying, but we weren't really praying for direction of our, of our life because the calendar said from high school to college and college seminary and seminary to residency in these different churches. So we really had to deal with the fact that we thought like, oh no, <laughs> what does this mean? And about that time I had reached out to some mentors just kind of wrestling through what does this mean moving forward? And I had a, um, a mentor who was a mutual friend of Kevin Queen, and he very nonchalantly, almost in a joking manner, said, well, you know, you can always just leave everything and go work at Crosspoint. And I didn't know a ton about Crosspoint, but I had a lot of respect for, they sure. were, what you know, whether whatever we do professionally, we typically have these either leaders or organizations oh, yeah. that we kind of keep track of. Right. Crosspoint was one of them. Um, <coughs> and I now, knew, Kevin came from a church down in Atlanta area, too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, so he came from 12 Stone, and interesting enough is we actually grew up with our houses facing each other. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Kevin is 12 or 14 years older than me, so I didn't hang out with right. him. Um, his younger brother was friends with my older brother, so I knew the style of home that he was in, and I remember early, and they also moved away when I was no older than 10, maybe, but... What's interesting, I have these really early memories of being over at the Queen's house and hearing Kevin's mom talk about Jesus in a very casual, like she was talking about Rick, you know? Right. And I remember growing up thinking, man, I hope one day that I get to talk about Jesus with a familiarity that, that Miss Joan did. So when the idea of well, you could always look at Crosspoint came up, I thought, you know, I've seen Kevin on stage. I've seen the videos. I don't know him. I think if I had maybe emailed him once. <laughs> um but I know how he presents his faith on stage, and it's so similar to how I saw his mom present her faith in her home. So in thinking of like, you know, I, I kind of got, got to the spot where I thought, Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I really want to be in an environment where I can follow someone's example as they're following Christ. And I thought, if what Kevin displays on stage is who he is off stage, which I think is the case because I saw that in his mom. Right. I would really love to learn in that kind of environment. So it took a lot more prayer because our whole life was in North Georgia. Our, our parents, our family, our friends, the, the, the path of my career. You know, if I would have pursued ordination, then that's, it was basically tenure. We don't really say it that right, way, but right, like you right, could, right. there's sacrifices that you make, but you'll work within that denomination. Right. So it was a pretty scary thing to think that we would go see what was happening in some town called Dixon, Tennessee. It's right. some church that we'd never really associated with. Right. But the more we prayed about it, the more we couldn't ignore the amount of peace that the the crazier version of the story was the thing that actually brought peace. And the cool thing is that once we decided to move um, up here, for one, they hired us, which was something <laughs> I was very surprised with. Um kind of went into the process like they'll never hire me but as an exercise to just think outside the box i'll go you know dive into that um 
we never would have known how much we would have loved Dixon and how much we would have loved Crosspoint until we made that leap. Right. Um, and now I say this with every bit of sincerity and honesty that Lindsay and I are closer in our faith than we've ever been, I think to Jesus and to definitely to, our, to each other. Um, we've never been happier in a community. We never would have known how much we love. Dixon on some level feels like uh, college culture and that everyone's just kind of, everyone kind of knows each other on right. some level. Right. And everyone's doing life with each other and all these spheres cross. Whereas I think in our life previously, it's, you know, you travel to work, you come home, you close your garage door, maybe you go to baseball over here, but they're all separate spheres. And we love being a, a part of a community that is kind of this, organ organism that's working together so i don't know it's maybe a longer answer um no i mean we you know we feel like that dixon is that that type of community you know Mm -hmm. a lot of people know each other and um because a lot of people who went to school here actually come back and do work you Mm -hmm. know and some of those things so it it yeah we still kind of have that really small town kind of feel but we're obviously we're growing you know yes being a, a new out of town right I'm sorry for the traffic. Personally, yeah. it's my fault. Um, uh, the uh, I've been to small towns before, where I feel like the um, kind of the the posture is, "Oh, you're not from here." And Dixon, to, to Lindsay and mine experience, has been like, "You're not from here. Let's get some barbecue. Let's get some ice cream. Let's get some donuts." And there's this, <coughs> you know, Dixon is a growing community. It's not like growing absurdly fast. And, you know, some people want it to grow faster. Some people want it to grow smaller. Right. But at the core of all of that, what I found is that Dixon, beyond all the things that it could be in the future, Dixon wants to be good. It wants to be a good community. Right. If that means this kind of growth or that kind of growth or this kind of slowdown, whatever it is, it's not just um, uh, growth for the sake, sake of growth or slowdown right. for the sake of slowdown. There's this the personality of, of the community here is just, we want to do this well. Therefore, you know, what is the next thing moving right. forward, which is a really neat thing to, to see. And then, and for us to ask like, okay, so how do we help that? Right, right, know? right, right. I want to get back a little bit because you were involved in a denomination. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I know that in most denominations, there's this path that you go to and it's, and it's more secure and, you know, financially, it probably you see a future that you can be stable. So mm-hmm. f- for you to step out of that into kind of going to the unknown, you know, sort of route, mm-hmm. I, I really admire you for that, you know. And I guess that was a really thing that you prayed about and you really felt like that that's what the Lord wanted you to do. Yeah, we quite literally went because it seems like such a, well, of course, we're not going to go do that, right. you know. Again, like homes in Georgia, the denomination, it's all over the world, but, it, it, you know, we're in the D- Georgia version of it. Um, the only thing that brought us peace was prayer. So we would literally sit down at our dining room table and put a timer on our phone and say, okay, we're going to pray for X amount of time tonight. It feels very mechanical, but... You got to start somewhere. You got to start like somewhere. That. Right. Um, so Lindsay would pray, then I would pray, and then we would just sit there and listen. And then we would force ourselves to not then chat about what things we were praying about. And every time we did it, we'd say, okay, the only thing that I feel good about is this. And I'm not, you know, sometimes we pastors can make our own decisions and then blame Jesus and say, I was yeah. called. Um, so I'm very hesitant to use that language a lot right, of times. Right. Because, but I will use it in, in this scenario because this is one of the few times where I thought, I think 90% of the time, you know, Jesus says, if you're going to take a step, we'll go to, you know, I'm going to lead you. And there's probably multiple versions of how things could play out. And there are some moments in our life 
when if if we're willing to go to prayer and to wise counsel, then we might find that this is one of those moments where Jesus says, "No, I do have something specific if you're willing to step into it." Right. And it was a big deal to step away from that denomination. We got a lot of friends there, loved them dearly, but it was a kind of step into the unknown because there was security, a lot of security, right. and it's the thing that I had been pursuing for like nine years. Right. Um, now the good thing is I get to take all that knowledge and take all that training with me, and I find that to be very helpful. Um, but as far as the um, the kind of the graduation of ordination in right, that process, right, right, right. I don't get that certificate. <coughs> um, that denomination. Right. We're going to go to break, and when we when we get back, I want to talk a little bit about how you know God's will for your life. Because I know <clears throat> how do you how do you find out what God's will is for your life? I think that's a, a that's a question that a lot of people mm-hmm. you know struggle with. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go to break. You be right back with us here in just a minute, and uh, we're going to continue that discussion. doesn't have to be one of them. Make a choice you won't regret. The foremost choice. Are you looking for your dream home? Well, Lee Realty Group guarantees you the perfect home. With our expert agents that have over 100 years of combined experience, you are assured 100% customer satisfaction. If you are buying or selling, Lee Realty Group is your local veteran-owned real estate company. Contact us now at 615-446-2006 or online at leerealtygrouponline.com. Like us on Facebook at Lee Realty Group. insurance carrier doesn't have to be one of them. Make the choice you won't regret. The foremost choice. We welcome you back, and uh, before we went to break, we were talking to James Savage about some different things, but one of the things I wanted to talk about is, how do you know the Lord's will? And I know you, you kind of went through that a little bit, how uh, you and your wife kind of, you know, went through some things to try to figure out exactly what the Lord wants you to do, but, and I think that's a question that everybody kind of deals with, because how do you know for sure what you're doing is what you're supposed to be doing? 
Yeah. You know? That's, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll do my best to answer right. it. Um, you know, foundationally, I know that the if you grew up in church, maybe the joke is if you don't know what the right answer is, you either say Jesus, prayer, or read your Bible. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, truth be told, that, that that plays a large role. There is a, in my life, I'll, I'll speak from my own perspective, because I don't feel like I've always had this very clear internal voice where it's this big booming voice that says, James, go do this thing. I know, and then some people claim that they have that, you know, and, and you and you don't want to, like, question them, but it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I, I don't understand that, you yes, know. and I'll honor that, but for the rest of us, this is, this right. is how I process um, my faith. I mean, the core is um, we. I believe that God is a relational God. Like, he created Adam and Eve out of desire for relationship. He told Joshua... You can be strong and courageous, not because you're strong and courageous, but because I'm going to be with you. Right. Um, the psalmist <coughs> said, I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death because I know that you're with me. The, Jesus's name, Emmanuel, means God with us. So there's this. So we start with the reality that God wants to be in a relationship with us, and then I have to accept the truth that it's really hard for me to build a relationship with someone that I don't spend time with. It's really hard for me to recognize someone's voice if I haven't spent time with them. Right. Lindsay, if Lindsay, my wife, was down the hallway laughing, and I barely got a, a glimpse of it in my ears, I'd know immediately that's her voice because that's the amount of time that I spend with her. Right. So although sometimes it's not as clear as an audible voice, I find that the more time that I intentionally ins- uh, spend time with Jesus, the better I can discern what his will is. But let's even go deeper than that because hearing God's voice, here's what we know, that God speaks through Scripture. Or I guess I should say, here's what we know. Here's what I've found to be true. Right. God speaks through scripture. He speaks through prayer. He uh, speaks through uh, wise counsel. And he speaks through the circumstances of when I try to live out my faith. So if you look at scripture, it's not always clear this is the exact step that you're supposed to take next. But we do know God's will. I mean, God's will is that we wouldn't just, that we would have a relationship over religion. His will is that every person would come to know who he is. It says it's God's will that we would care for orphans, widows, foreigners, and prisoners. That there is an activeness to our faith. But then there's this also kind of, one of my, I, I'm so intrigued by this moment in the Old Testament. Um, there's this guy named Abraham, and, and God says, I'm going to write the path of humanity through you. We're going to start with you, and then we're going to go to your family, and we'll eventually be able to correct all of the brokenness in the world. And it's going to start Abram. His name then is his name then is Abram. We start with you. And he says this totally strange sentence: "Sentence, go to the place that I will send you." Grammatically, that sentence makes no sense. You can't go somewhere unless you have I a know. direction. Go to the place right. I will send you. So God's will was that he would move forward in his faith with the information that he had. And nine times out of ten. That has been my life of saying, okay, here's what I know to be true about God um, in Scripture. This is what I know to be true about how he, uh, what Jesus has taught about what it means to follow God. Now I can pray and see if anything gives me peace um, and uh, maybe even boldness. I can also seek wise counsel. I remember, you know, Crosspoint's a cool church mm-hmm. that has cool videos that, you know, does cool things. And I personally was concerned, am I just chasing something that's really shiny or do I really I was kind of second-guessing that kind right. of piece that I was experiencing in prayer. And I sought wise, wise counsel. I talked with some other pastors, and I talked. Uh, I remember I called my brother and my sister, who I trust dearly, to tell me the truth. And I, my brother specifically, I said, Jack, um, I don't want to go chase this thing that just looks really cool. 
and then it not be right for my family, and then Lindsay be miserable. And Jack said, um, he calls me brother, but that's a whole other story yeah. for another day. He said, brother, um, I believe that what you and Lindsay have is special. And if God is calling you to Dixon, then he has a place for Lindsay as well. And it was very confirming for me. Now, right. now, that was me looking at scripture about, does any of this misalign with what Jesus taught? No. Does my prayer life give me peace about the thing that I believe is the next step? Yes. Is it also confirmed in wise counsel? Yes. Now, I wasn't asking Jack to tell me what to do. I was saying, here's what I'm feeling. Can you help me work that out? So, you know, Jesus didn't tell me go to Valdosta State. It wasn't that clear. Sometimes we look for that. Right. Jesus didn't tell me go to Candler. Um, we Sometimes we want things to be really clear like that. Through my prayer life, I am learning that Jesus is leading me to love Lindsay the way that he loved the church, which was a sacrificial love to raise up my children to know about a God who is good and cares about everything that they do in life and will forgive them for any of their faults. To see Jesus is teaching me to see the most broken parts of the people around me with love and compassion, um, to see them first, even the person that bugs me the most, um, to see them first as someone who bears a unique imprint of the image of God on their soul. Um, and through those things, I can walk with confidence of, I think God gives us opportunities to, you can make your own decision here, right. you know, with our own kids. Sure. We teach them that this is this is what it means. Like we're teaching Cooper and Joanna, even as the, they're super young, this is what it means to be a savage <laughs> in a good way. My yeah. last name is Savage. <laughs> um, this is what it means to be a savage. Now, I also trust you to be able to make one of many right decisions here. Um, like I said, I think the more time that we spend with Jesus in prayer, in scripture, in worship, in serving, and in wise counsel, Sometimes in our life, we get moments where we realize, oh, I think this is that moment where God is calling me to something specific. Right. But in those times in between, <clears throat> we can live the life that God is leading us to using some of our agency as well. Um, the, big, the, the big thing, and I'll finish with this and see if it leads to more <laughs> questions. Um, the big thing that I often find myself praying through now is I recognize that in order to grow a garden, which I'm bad at, by the way, so bad analogy, um, there's a role for me to play. I need to till the soil, I need to plant the seeds, and I need to water it. Um, but in all honesty, it's still magic to me that I can do those things, and something that was a seed seemingly ma like, like magic will grow out of the oh, ground yeah. and then turn into a tomato. Um, so there was a part of that that was my responsibility to play, and then there was a part of that that only God can do. Only God can turn a seed into a tree. Right. Um, that's mixing the metaphors. I originally said tomato. But <laughs> the point is, like what I learn in prayer is, God, would you show me, what are you asking me to till and to plant and to water? And what are you asking me to let go and let you do the growing? And that's hard. Mm -hmm. But again, the more time that I spend <clears throat> in those things, prayer and discernment and wise counsel and living it out, the more time that I can live with confidence. And the more times that I realize that when I bump up against, no, I don't think this is God's will. Right. I, I think... Um, the more I bump up against, this feels like my will, this feels like selfishness, this feels like this would make me look like a good pastor rather than just doing the thing that is good. Um, it's easier for me to hear that kind of Holy Spirit voice, unaudible voice, because I've been in that relationship right, with my right. But it's also something that I'm still working out. And again, like why I said that I, I try not to overuse kind of that ultra-spiritual language of calling because... I think a lot in my life, it's been working it out as we go. Sure. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think um, people struggle with, um, you know, when you become a Christian and you want to do God's will in your life, that that to do that, you've got like to become a pastor mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, some kind of leader in the church. And I don't necessarily think that's true because I think that God calls us if you're if you're a, a you know a leader of a family, I think that's that's originally what God calls you to do to be a good leader in your family, mm-hmm. and and that may mean you know going to work every day uh, into into a, a, some kind of job somewhere you know, and then coming back and leading your family. You know, um, we in you know I think everybody falls victim to this <clears throat> in that you want the church to do all your training of your kids and everything, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't Mm -hmm. think that's really the purpose of the church. I think the purpose of the church is to help in that area Mm -hmm. or to, you know, uh, give resources to parents or whatever. But I think, uh, you know, that the really God's will for a, a man leading his family is to do that, lead your family. I, yes, absolutely. I, we say it around cross point a lot and I, I appreciate it. Uh, of this, po- I appreciate this posture that we always say: um, ministry starts at home. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're just crushing it at the church, but our family's falling apart, then you're, you're completely. And also, if you don't know where to start, <clears throat> like if you're new to faith and you're trying to figure out how do I put these things that I say that I believe into action, you can start in your home. You can, um, on the best day and the worst day, choose to show truth and grace to your spouse and your kids, right. and also humility because you'll get it wrong. And our faith is predicated on humility, right? You know? Right. You know, and I, and, I, and I think everybody struggles with this, and I know you were talking about this, about your prayer life, and about really committing some time to spend alone with God. You know, I, I th- personally, that's a struggle for me, mm-hmm. and I think it's a struggle for everybody. Um, I will say that, um, you know, I was deployed f- for a year, and we, we did missions at night, and I was able to set aside a particular time that I could just go off by myself mm-hmm. and pray and, you know, read scripture. And that was the most life-changing thing that I ever did. Yeah. And, and and when you get back into a normal routine of life, especially with kids and, you know, everything that you deal with, it's just, it's just a struggle to do that mm-hmm. because there's always something else that you think that you should be doing, mm-hmm. you know, spending your time doing that. So, I don't know what what advice can you give about that kind of struggle. Well, I'll say it as someone who is also learning. Um, there's these um, th- there's these three things that I've recently kind of uh, landed on that have been helpful. One is before we get into any hack or schedule, which is where I always want to go first. Like I want to produce, right. and create something. Um, is to embrace being a child. So we call God Father. We call him Lord and Father at once. So we have this incredible relationship that also involves this incredible incredible amount of reverence, um, that he's king and he's also friend. So when we say Father, that means we get to be child. And it's very helpful for me to come into prayer with a posture of, I feel like I've got to be in charge of all these other things today. If Even if it's 10 minutes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Jesus be on the throne for those 10 minutes. Jesus says, Come to me, you who are burdened or you who are weak, and I'll give you my yoke. My yoke is easy and it's light. And it's like, for, can I just spend 10 minutes a day where I don't have to be in charge of something? Right. And that's really powerful to come into that posture and say, Jesus, you be king, because the rest of the day i got to be in charge. And then come in with that posture with a, a time and a place and a plan. Um, 
times like money, if we don't set it aside, we're likely to squander it. Right. Um, but if we choose to say, even if it's this 10 minutes for me, it's in the morning. Um, that's not biblical. Preachers say that a lot, but I did hear a preacher say once the reason why he prays in the morning was because he doesn't know of any boxers who prepare for the fight after the fight's taken place. That's true. And I thought, oof, that's enough motivation yeah. for me. Um, and then if you look at Jesus, I think you mentioned this earlier, Jesus was constantly getting away because people needed him all the time. So he would get away to have a place. He would have a time and a place. And then a plan for me is I, um, we might be going on break soon, so I could save this to the back half. But um there's a couple of acronyms that I use to journal. I don't really like journaling, but it's helpful to keep my mind focused because I can just kind of go and go right, and go. Right. So if I have the posture of a child and let Jesus be king for 10 minutes or more and have a time and place and a plan, and then finally to not do it by myself. I find with anything, the more I do it by myself, the less better I am. Like I'm better if I'm working out with someone. I work out harder. Right. I'm not working out with anybody right now and I'm not working <laughs> out very well. I'm just holding babies. Um, well, you got the YMC next door to you. Right? I know. <laughs> it has got to be, if I can have, if I can like lift with a baby in my arm. Yeah, there you go. It. Um, if I'm reading scripture, it's, it's a lot easier if I'm texting someone, Hey, this is the scripture I read today. The scripture that you read today. Um, all of those things are easier from doing it with someone. Um, so embrace being a child, have a time, place and plan and choose not to do it by ourselves. I can run the fat, the longest I've ever run on a treadmill was when some stranger was next to me. And I thought I'm not getting off before he gets <laughs> off. And he must've been thinking the same thing. Yeah. I probably ran a marathon <laughs> on that treadmill. Um, but those are things that I've found to be helpful. Okay. All right. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back. We got still a lot more to cover and uh, just stay with us. We'll be right back. carrier doesn't have to be one of them make a choice you won't regret the foremost choice are you looking for your dream home well lee realty group guarantees you the perfect home with our expert agents that have over 100 years of combined experience you are assured 100 customer satisfaction if you are buying or selling lee realty group is your local veteran-owned real estate company Contact us now at 615-446-2006 or online at LeeRealtyGroupOnline.com. Like us on Facebook at Lee Realty Group.
all make bad choices. Your insurance carrier doesn't have to be one of them. Make the choice you won't regret. The foremost choice. We welcome you back, and we've been here with uh, James Savage, who is a Crosspoint pastor here in Dixon, and uh, we want to just move into a little bit about, and let's talk about Crosspoint a little bit, about kind of what some of the things y'all are involved in. Kinda, let's talk about a little bit how you're organized a little bit, because I know it's a little bit different than than some traditional churches are, mm -hmm. so let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so we're a multi-site church um, that's based out of Middle Tennessee, so our broadcast location where... Uh, before the tornado, we're still repairing after yeah. the tornado, which is wild. They still hadn't got that done yet? No, we we chose to do the longer, more difficult route of the the one, I don't I hesitate to say a blessing, the, the silver lining maybe, is that since that building um, down in Nashville took a direct hit, yeah. and so much of the offices and the kids' space was essentially ruined, that we could have rebuilt it exactly how it was, or we could have said, now that we've been in this building for X, uh, X many years, right. How would we do it differently? So we chose to go down that route, okay. which is new permits and, and new um, designs yeah. and also COVID. So it's been an extremely slow process, but one that, you know, at the end, I think we'll create a product that is more, uh, uh, not an inclusive, conducive to the ministry that we want to do there. Now, was the, was the auditorium intact or not? Intact, yes. Okay. It was damaged. Um, all of the gear had to be replaced, all mm. of our broadcast gear. So right. even when we were um, coming out of quarantine, a lot of our messages were still pre-recorded because right. we couldn't get the message out yet. Um, so it was organizationally, it was like to have COVID and a tornado. Yeah, and as a struggle. Yes, so um, if you've never been to a Crosspoint campus before, now uh, we're back to our kind of normal programming, which is um, in, at the Nashville location, the uh, preaching is streamed from, from that. There's a, there's a small delay out to our other locations, which are in Dixon and Hendersonville and Bellevue, uh, Franklin, and Mount Juliet. Mount Juliet, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we have that online, which really there's little pockets all across the country and all across the world that tune in to right. that. Um, so at a, at cross point Dixon, uh, everyone in the lobby is a real person. The band are real people. Um, uh, and then when we go to the message, we link up with all the other campuses and, um, hear that one message. Uh, so the cool thing about that is as a campus, we're a larger church. We're not a huge church, right. um, but we get to, uh, participate in something that's really bigger than ourselves. And um, it's a neat thing to be a part of. This is the first time I've ever attended a multi-site church, much less pastored at one. Right. So like, there's been a learning curve for me to kind of understand how that system works. But it's been a pretty neat thing. It's also, you know, just as a pastor, sometimes it can be hard. Um, as a pastor, 
when there's not many other around that are kind of doing the same thing that you're right. doing and to have these counterparts that I have each one of those locations to, to pray with and to learn from and to discern with who they're not only pastors in the same town, but they're pastors of the same church. So everything that we're going through on some level we're going through together, which I think helps the entire team continue to be very grounded spiritually, but then also effective practically, sure. practically. But let me ask you this. Do you miss and as a, as a preacher, mm-hmm. do you miss not preaching on Sunday or I do. Yeah. And that was a de- that was a decision that I made of because I was preaching every Sunday before I uh, came up here, but I'm this has always been my personality. I love team sports, and I would much rather be a part of a team that is doing something effectively sure. than than resting back and saying, "Well, if I'm not the one saying the message, then I'm not going to do it." Now right. there are some people where that is that is their spot, like the. Uh, that preaching is the, the at the top of their list, right. and they should pursue that. So I would never count against that. But for me, it was a decision to make because I really do like that space. What I find is that in this role, although I'm not preaching on Sunday mornings, I'm speaking pretty regularly. Sure. There's a, something that we do on most Sunday afternoons called Rooted where I teach that. It's somewhere between a lesson and a sermon. Um, there's chapel services that I speak at. So I keep that... Um, tool sure. sharper right um, also we had a sunday where the power was out in a third of dixon county so i preached in the oh, lobby that day okay. <laughs> yeah. a squirrel got off the, the cuff train. there oh. well luckily because i'd been spending time with jesus there was like this one passage that i'd really been digging into for a while and i thought this is either providence or coincidence <laughs> but i actually have something to say this morning Ke- i remember kevin teaching me that because uh, kevin queen before he was the lead pastor at cross point was a campus pastor and i remember hearing him say you know, his desire to preach more. Um, the organization didn't need him yet to right. do that. He did end up preaching a pretty good amount at 12 Stone. But he said that if he would use some of his devotion time to ask, you know, God, what is the word that you have for me today? I might not preach it on a stage, but I can definitely say it at Starbucks over coffee. Right. And I kind of adopted that into my routine. Thank <coughs> God I did. Yeah. <laughs> because when the power came out, like, give me 10 minutes, I'll organize the thoughts. And uh, we did that. But yeah, I mean, that's a bit of a sacrifice, but not like a one that I... Um, like bemoaned because I get to be a part of something where um, there's a lot of talented people at cross point who could be preachers at their own churches. Some of them should. Right. Um, But we're a part of something that's bigger than kind of that one classic skill set. You, you mentioned earlier that, you know, if you think, Oh, I'm a Christian now, does that mean I need to be a pastor? Right. Um, Maybe not necessarily like just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that I have to be the preacher, but if they ask me to preach, I'm not going to say no. (laughs) Well, you know, you still got to, you, you know, God probably puts that desire in your heart that you, you know, you still kind of want to do that or whatever. Yeah, and I get to sit at the feet of people who are very good sure. preachers. And that's, again, you know, I wanted to follow people who are following Jesus, and um, it's I'm, I'm happy to sit at the feet of the folks that well, are. Well, you know, and I really consider, you know, going back to this God's will and everything, I, you know, if you're a Christian, you're a pastor in your own right, yeah. wherever you land, whether... Whatever job you're at, whatever situation you're put in, we all should be preachers mm-hmm. from that standpoint, I yeah. think. And I think that's, you know, going back to this God's will thing, I think that's God's will for everybody's life mm-hmm. to be that person in that situation that, you know, you're prepared to talk to somebody about Jesus or whatever, you know. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, preaching in its most fundamental form is, let me tell you what I've learned about Jesus. We can hopefully we can all do that, and if not, then that might right. be something to aspire to. Like, do I 
am I learning something about Jesus or about myself in the light of who Jesus is? Right. And sometimes you don't even have to talk. You know, it's just the mm. way people perceive you um, as you're doing whatever job you're doing. You know, mm. somebody, you know, I can always tell usually if a person is a Christian or not just yeah. by going into that situation and just watching people, you know, how they interact with other people. Yeah. And, and not, not 100% true, but, you know. I don't remember where the <coughs> quote came from, and I should because it's a great quote. Um, someone once said, um, preach always when necessary, use words. And I think that's a good place to be. Right. Do you remember who, I don't remember. I don't know. I should know (laughs) that. I feel like if I heard it, I'd go, oh, of course it was that person. So at the local campus, now how are y'all kind of set up there? Yeah. So the way that the multi-site works, the benefit is that as the pastor of that uh, campus, of the pastor in the Dixon community, I'm not burdened by writing all week that's true my number one is uh, leading the spiritual intensity of that campus and developing leaders Um, and what that means is I mean there's a version of multi-site where we could just execute we show the screen we show the video on the screen we play the songs we get people in get people out and that is very much not the heart of crosspoint it is how can we find ways to live out our faith in the community that we're in so um, I get to lead that staff. There's four other people on staff, which, again, for the, for the kind of church that we are, is a pretty small staff, yeah. but we only have one HR person for the entire church. You gotcha. know, the budgeting people always work. But there's a central headquarters that kind of can carry the organi- organizational weight so that we can carry the pastoral weight and truly be with people in their times of need or right. celebration yeah. and also walk with people in as, as they figure out what does it actually mean to be a follower of Jesus. We can meet people kind of face-to-face and walk alongside them. In doing that, so we have the, the staff that you would see at a typical church: a kids pastor and a or a kids director and a students director, uh, guest experience, which is like welcome team and like just caring for the people in the building, uh, someone who works over small groups and what we call local good, which is missions. Um, but it's it's neat that we get to that we get to pour all of ourselves into those sure. things um, because the structure allows us to be a little bit more focused. Do you try to does Crosspoint try to? do mission work in the community itself. And Absolutely. I know, yeah, because I, I can remember in past times where the, they've reached out and done local kind of outreach kind of yeah. events or whatever. So we have local partners, which we try to be really, f- again, like the whole idea is focus. Um, can we hyper-focus on a few things to go very deep and make a big impact? Because there's an endless amount of need. Um, so we have these local partners that we really run alongside them. Instead of recreating the wheel, we figure out how's the best way to support them. And ultimately, in, the, in doing that, glorify Jesus and help people understand the, the power of what the gospel is through that. Um, so we have those local partners, and sometimes we're, we align with what they're doing in their calendar year. Um, the CareNet Banquet is happening tonight at, at Cross Point Dixon, and that's one of our local partners. So we'll happily host them. We can't host everyone that, right. that requests. Um, so we really hyper-focus on those um, partners who are caring for people. A lot of times it's caring for people's physical needs while also caring for people's spiritual sure. needs, even if the person is only asking for uh, a physical need. Now, we don't require that someone profess Jesus as Lord and Savior in order to help them, but even in like with the help center to be able to not just make sure that the food is stocked at the help center because people are hungry, but because we know that underneath physical hunger is spiritual hunger. Sure. So we do those things locally. Uh, Esther Mullenauer, she we call it local good. She oversees that, and she is 
I don't know, superb probably is not a good enough yeah. word uh, to describe the way that she approaches that So you ministry. partner with the health center also? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I know a lot of churches in the area also do that. Yeah, they do amazing things. Because the reality is, as as much as I love Crosspoint, we're not a food bank. And we have some benevolence and we have sure. some things that we can do, but we would rather help the help center run farther and faster right. than to try to redo and that that's not going to be the same for every church um we even will partner with other churches in dixon sometimes when we have these sometimes unique needs come up that don't easily fit into our kind of organized plan Mm -hmm. and one of the beautiful things i love about dixon as a community is there's really really good churches here Mm -hmm. that when we call and say here's this unique thing that's going on what do you guys have or how are you approaching it can we figure out something together and that's a really special thing yeah and that's the way it's supposed to be you know Mm -hmm. i mean every church should be helping every other church because we're all in the same yeah. game, right? Yeah. Just trying to help people and, and lead people to the Lord, you know. But I know, you know, sometimes that don't work out. But, you know, we hope that, you know. I found it to be the case more often than not in, in Dixon. I mean, even we did so Old Timers Day um, with this big family fun zone down right. there. And that wasn't just Crosspoint. It was Crosspoint and First Baptist and First Presbyterian and First Methodist. Oh my gosh! I hope I don't forget. Yeah, <laughs> I'm surely. I feel like I just forgot one of them. But and those were the ones that like ended up seeing it all the way through. Sure, there were three other four, three or four other churches that came in in the planning process that really helped us think through things. And they said, you know, ultimately this isn't going to be the thing that we run with, but we're in support of doing it. And that's been a really cool thing. And when we were doing those meetings, um, one of the one of the staff members of another church said, "Hey, this has been great," and it really was a special experience, kind of creating that yeah uh, and they said surely this isn't surely this is the dress rehearsal for what's next i hope so yeah um uh, trevor our uh, student pastor he pointed out a couple of months ago that if you look at the very end of the new testament there's a book called revelation and and jesus is speaking to these different churches in these cities like the church of philippi or laosidea and trevor pointed out he's like you know surely there were um subgroups of local churches there wasn't just one body in right. the city but notice how jesus talks to the whole city and he said what if what if all of the local churches in dixon if jesus looked at us as the church of dixon and you some of us are are good at this and some of us are good at that some of us are passionate about this some of us are passionate about that but really we're all a part of the same body that sure. would be called the church of dixon yeah and that's been a really cool centering thing of yes Look, I don't care if you're going across. I want look. I want everyone to go to Crosspoint, right. of course. But if you're not, the beautiful thing is, I can tell you, depending on where you are in your kind of tradition or in your faith, here are some other really good churches in this community um, that you can plug into. Um, because we are, we're all just kind of different, right. you know, members of the same body. Right, right. So if somebody, you know, a visitor, let's say, walks into Crosspoint, how? Easy is it to get like plugged into something? And I know, you know, it's. It's probably not much different in, than other churches. The people come and go, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, because I've been in the church work all my life, you don't even know who it is, and 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 you're saying, "Where is that person?" You you have yeah. no earthly idea, you know. Yeah. And I know that's a struggle for all churches. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do, do y'all how do y'all navigate that? Yeah. Well, it, it begin in, again, it begins with the posture. Um, the thing that we say almost every Sunday, it's written really big on the wall in the uh, in the lobby, is that everyone's welcome. And the reason why we can say that is that everyone's welcome because nobody's perfect, but we believe that through Jesus anything is possible. So the first barrier of am I going to be able to belong there, even if I don't believe everything, our answer would be yes. Like You don't have to be a Christian to go to Crosspoint. You probably won't lead any small groups. (laughs) Um, But you can absolutely just come and observe 
this is this is one of the local churches in Dixon, and that's completely allowed. Now, beyond that, I really do believe one of the things that we say often, too, is that it's really hard to be the best version of yourself when you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. That if you look at, at the Christian faith from, I mean, geez, even from Genesis before Jesus and then into the New Testament beyond that, Scripture is written for groups of people, not individuals. So it is our desire that you would be able to be in community with other folks. And probably the top three ways to do that is, one is serving, either on a Sunday morning or like on Wednesday nights with students. And we really stay away from the phrase, we need more volunteers. Like, the reason we encourage people to serve is not because we need more people to serve, although... We often do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it's really because those are places where you get to be around other people who are figuring out their faith as well. Right. And it gives you an opportunity to hear the message and to hear the songs and then to put it into practice. So if some, when someone opens the door for you at Crosspoint, um, the hope is that the person isn't opening the door because they're supposed to open the door. It's because they're expressing the reality that you are also made in the image of God. Therefore, you should not open your own door. So it's an act of ministry to open the door. Um even if it seems you know super simple, so getting involved by serving is a great way, and I, in a very kind of non-intrusive way to kind of figure out how do I put some of this stuff into practice. Then we also have small groups. Uh, we, we most of the part uh, those run off of like a semester-based system, right? In the fall and in the spring, we kind of gather everyone up. But there's groups that are you can hop into all year long. And um, and then there's ser- serving opportunities outside, uh, like missional kind of serving opportunities. Right. And again, I mean, if you want to create bonds with someone, do some manual labor with them. Oh, no or doubt. Or even if it's not manual labor, it's putting bags together. Right. And uh, that is really our hope that Sunday morning is kind of the um, entry point for most of us, but it's not the it's not the finish line as well. And um, we're always every once in a while we run into a situation where you know they're not really able to serve on Sunday mornings and. A small group it isn't really fitting where they are, and they they're not physically able to you know go out to Waverly and serve. So then we just get coffee, right? And then we work. We have these kind of, they ha- we have the scaffolding, which is very helpful, but we're also not beholden to it, you right. know, because people are people, right, and they right. don't always easily fit into categories, yeah. if ever. Well, I know churches struggle with the small groups too about mm-hmm. keeping them going, you know, and and I know Crosspoint was kind of built on that mm-hmm. about you know being involved with a small group because that's where you're what's what's the word not focus but that's where you gain more relationships mm-hmm. with different people so when you come to the church as a corporate body then you kind of have a group of people you know mm-hmm. and you know I, I and think it brings context into like why are we singing these songs right. you know because we've kind of worked out that a little bit i guess we say we're in the process of working out those things right. we're ever done with it how many how many groups y'all have small groups you have now Oh, that's a good question that Esther would immediately know the okay. answer to. I can better answer it this way. We really kind of divide them into three categories, and I'm sure there's a handful in each one of those categories. Um, one is if you're just trying to get to know people. Like we have this one really cool group that's a hiking group where um, I think more often than not they uh, they, they, don't, they don't only hike in Dixon, but these group of people get together, they'll pray, they'll kind of have like a devotion to look at, and then they go hike, and it's – very non-invasive, you know. Wow. Um, and then there are some groups where we want to build relationships and figure out what those relationships look like in, in Scripture in the Bible. And they might be like fathers or mothers or parents or empty nesters, but it's that kind of let's get around a circle and figure out how to do life together in, in the kingdom of God. And then the third is we really want to go deep into something. So there's something on Sunday afternoons, I think I alluded to this earlier, called Rooted, where it's 
10 weeks of like hyper-focus. You have homework, you have reading, you really figure out what does it mean to pray and fast? What does it mean to confess sins to each other? What does it mean to serve? What does it mean to read the Bible? And we go like really deep into each one of those things. Um, I teach that. There's a small group element to it as well, but it's right. a very kind of focused, I want more out of my like discipleship. So we break those into, there's the category. It's very, it's casual. I'm just trying to get to know some people. We have a, a kind of, it's still, it's still Christian and prayer led, but it's not invasive. We have the kind of classic small group, which is kind of demographic based. Right. And then we have one that if you just, if you want to be challenged in your faith, then we'll go down that road too. The cool thing is the more that we say people, do you want to go deeper? The more people say yes, you know, which I think speaks to where our heart is. You get a taste of Jesus and it's like, that can I, be I, scary for some people too, you know? Yes. So it's not forced. Right. Um, if you want to go on a hike, that's also okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is also okay. So do they, the hikers, they meet every week or just like maybe once a month or something like that? Man, again, that is a great question. That is on the website. You know what, okay. you know what a better answer is? If you go to crosspoint.tv slash groups um, and click on the tab that says Dixon, it'll tell you the exact answer to that question. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I could give a guess of how often I think it meets, but I'd hate to be wrong. So okay. <laughs> the right answer is at crosspoint.tv slash gotcha. groups. Um, okay, so what kind of ministries like on Sunday morning? I know you have a children's program. Mm -hmm. And then for youth, what, what type of program you have for the youth? Yeah, so Wednesday afternoons, we have uh, students come up to the church. And we often say, I love this, that really on Sunday mornings, the adults are borrowing the students' space because they meet in the auditorium okay. and they uh, have a lot of fun in there. So I tell Trevor, man, this is your space. Thank you for letting us use it on Sundays. Um, so we, we bring out basketball goals and a whole bunch of fun, especially when the weather's nice and the sun's out, out in the parking lot. And then they come inside and... Uh, I'm not sure if they're doing dinner or not now, so we'll check on that. Um, but if, if there's not dinner, there's always food. Like last night, there was a cotton candy machine and, and all oh, sorts well. of candy games. There was, I think, like anything that was left over after Halloween wound up. They, you know, it was there, students. yeah. And then they they have uh, there's a, a worship set. A band comes in and leads the students through worship, and then there's teaching, and then small groups happen after that. And again, it, the approach on Wednesday nights is very similar to Sunday mornings to tell students. You don't have to believe any of this stuff, but we want you to be in a good environment on Wednesday nights. And the hope is that over time you can learn about who Jesus actually is. Right. You know, because we can have a lot of preconceived ideas about who God is, where I am. There was a, a student who was baptized uh, a few weeks ago who said that the first time she came, she said the guy on stage was, he, she said, I didn't believe what he was saying. Because he kept saying over and over that even if you don't believe it, God loves you. And she was like, no, this place is bogus because that's not true. But she chose to come back, I think, because the candy was good. I think right. that's what she said. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes, right? And she started to learn, like, oh, well, but what if she, so she transitioned to, well, what if that was true, that God did love me? And then ultimately accepting, no, I do think that is true. I do think that that's true. And now she's living her life from a perspective of God loves me, therefore i got to figure out what his will is for my life, that whole conversation. Right. But it began with, like, a party. It began with candy and then someone sharing with her something that was true, that God does love her regardless of what her past um, looks like. Um, and that's what happens on Wednesday nights. It can look like just a bunch of crazy, which it is, but it's to create a safe environment for teenagers to learn some things that are pretty, sure. pretty powerful. You know, you, you know, getting back to that, <clears throat> you never know the impact you have on somebody when, when you talk to them or have a, a kind word or, you know, say something positive about them. You just never, ever know what mm -hmm. kind of impact that they have on people. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I'm sure that you've found that true in your ministry or whatever. 
Yeah, I remember when Lindsay and I, we did student ministry um, a few years ago. Um, we For about eight years, we did it. And the fir- after the first month that we were like at a brand new job, I was still in college, I led a small youth group, we emailed our previous youth pastor and we said, we are so sorry. We treated you so bad and so hard on the other side. You rarely get those kind of um, moments of someone saying like, oh, the synapse connected. And I just kind of had this moment of awakening. You pray for them and you, you relish them um, when you see them. But, you know, like us, we had never really shared that with our youth right. pastor. Um, but it's powerful to see. And we celebrate baptism often at Cross Point. And, you know, that moment of baptism is eternally special. But it's yep. also connected to a story of someone finding out who they are in the um, in the story of Christ, which is which makes the hardest days worth it. Absolutely makes the hardest days worth no it. No doubt. When you see people's lives changed, I mean, it makes it everything you do worthwhile. Yeah. You know, so... Um, we just got a few minutes left. Is there mm-hmm. anything else you want to tell our audience about Cross Point? Maybe some, what some of the events maybe you have coming up or anything like that. Yeah. So you know, at this time of year, it's common for churches to kind of pick some ca- some places to partner with or to care for. We're doing what we call uh, we, what we we call it uh, do good this Christmas. Local good is how we talk about local missions. So we call it do good this Christmas. And there's this kind of twofold part of it that I'm really, really excited about. And if anyone wants to participate, sure. uh, they're able to. One, we're partnering with um, a local organ. Each campus is going to partner with a local organization to care for that organization. So we're partnering with Kinsman Redeemer, which um, they've recognized that one in eight people in Middle Tennessee has few food insecurity, whether they don't have a roof over their head or they have a roof over their head and they're not sure how they're going to buy their next meal. Right. One in eight people. And as Christians, we look at that and say, okay, that's not acceptable. Like, let's be a part of helping solve some of those problems. So Kinsman Redeemer is a homeless ministry that makes sure that there's food in bellies of folks that might not have food in their belly. So there is, um, if you go to the Crosspoint website, you can see a list of food that we're collecting on November 14th and 21st to then give to Kinsman Redeemer to partner with them to help solve that locally. The cool thing is we're encouraging folks, if you need to go to Walmart, you can go to Walmart, but by doing it locally, we can also purchase locally. So we can support the Dixon community as we're helping the Dixon community. And if you do those two things well, they're cyclical. You know, the more that we care for the community, the more that we're able to care for the community. So we're doing that locally, and then throughout all of November, we're partnering with an organization called Heart for Lebanon. So in 2011, the Syrian um, civil war took place, and the last number that I heard was 1.7 million refugees landed in Lebanon. Half of those are children. So Heart for Lebanon cares for their basic needs and also introduces them to Jesus, which is a pretty powerful thing because when your entire world is upside down, like being a refugee, which is something, in all honesty— I know nothing. I know about. we have no we have no conception of that at all. Yeah, Heart for Lebanon steps in and says, "Let me take care of your physical need, but also show you that there is a hope that you might not have ever known about." You know, which is Jesus. Um, so you can donate to that at the Crosspoint website all November long, or you could uh, starting next Sunday, starting on the fourteenth, if you want to donate locally. Um, to Kinsman Redeemer, you can bring those items. Is that like canned goods stuff like that? Yeah, it's okay. it's on the website, but it's it's non-perishable things. You know, I met that guy, one of the the guys that works with that organization at an event that I was at, and I didn't realize that we had a homeless situation in Dixon, you know. Yeah, I mean. And he was kind of telling me, I'm going, "Uh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, there's homelessness is, what I'm learning is that there is a very visual homeless that you see around big cities, 
and then there's a very invisible homeless. And a lot of times it's families who were on the edge and then had a disaster take place and it pushed them over the edge right. to finding a car or finding a couch or finding the why. Um, and Kinsman and Redeemer helps them not only meet that kind of triage need, but figure out, and this is, again, what we get to do as the Dixon community because we have these organizations that care so deeply, not just about handouts, but ha hand ups, right. um, is, yes, we can triage that need, but then also figure out what surgery needs to, needs to take place. Sure. And that's a really special thing because of that community that we talked about at the beginning um, with Dixon. Um, I think it allows us to do actual good rather than just... Um, triaging which is a pretty special thing that we get right. to do so those are the two ways that we're doing it this good Christmas. awesome awesome well we've kind of run out of time i just want to say i really appreciate you coming out today and and, and speaking with us and and kind of giving our audience a little bit about what cross point is and what they stand for kind of some of the ministries they're doing so i encourage you uh, if you don't attend a church to try cross point i think they do a great job and Obviously, they got a great campus pastor there. Thank you kind uh, of for saying that. We'll hold the door open for you. Okay. <laughs> but Jeff, I appreciate you too, man, being a new guy to town. And when I say that uh, towns, Dixon says, hey, you're not new. Let's go get some lunch. Like you're, you're a part of that. So I appreciate the way that you've treated me and my family. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. Please like and share this. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on YouTube, please give me the thumbs up and subscribe to our uh, our uh, uh, our show there and uh, we really appreciate it next week uh, we're going to do a veterans day show so we're going to have some veterans come in and talk about some of the issues that they're going through so i'm sure you're going to want to watch that we have the veterans day parade sunday yeah. and then actually veterans day is on thursday so we'll be in here uh kind of interviewing some of the veterans and and getting their perspective on things going on in, in that that world so thank you again for joining us and uh, we will see you next thursday for watching. We know that you enjoyed today's show. Join us each Friday on your lunch break at 12 p.m. for new insights into local events, politics, and all things Dixon County. Remember to like us on Facebook and subscribe on YouTube at The Jeff Eby Show or visit our website, thejeffebyshow.com.